0: Episode 121, or is it one? What, what did we say, Jordan? I think one, it's
1: 129, I think. 128, uh, not 121. 129. Jeez. Happy Monday.
0: I just chopped off eight episodes, but we are live and in color here on The Real Kipper at Noon Show. Welcome, everybody. Hope it was a, a good weekend, a safe weekend. A shout out to uh, Christian Erickson, the soccer star who we saw went down, collapsed, uh, only uh, to be brought back to life. I don't know if you guys heard that story, welcoming Joe and Jordan, also Doug McLean on, the whole cast and crew ready to go on this (laughs) Monday. But a scary sight on the weekend where he needed to be revived. Clinically, I guess he was declared dead. They brought him back to life. He's doing well. But uh, scary ordeal uh, during the soccer match. So our shout-out goes to him on a a safe, quick recovery. Gives us... um, some levity into sports. I know we've had a dose of it uh, through the pandemic, but another prime example that uh, it's just a game out there, but one we love to take seriously. And we are now that we are in a final four, the Islanders in Tampa yesterday, we're going to get right into that. Uh, We're going to get right into the Montreal Canadiens and Vegas. Then there was only four. And I experienced a, a conference final only to be, doused by the Boston Bruins in 89. And here's the scary part here, folks, is that it's easy to look around the league and see all the teams out and go, yeah, we're one of four. How cool is that? We're this close. And you're like, I'm not sure how close you are. We know technically there's four rounds. You're halfway there. But I just remember the feeling that we had and I got it early in my career that you think that you're close, but you're really not. And at that point, um, it, all, it took, what, nine days to lose four games. And they were, they were actually decent games, but we got swept. And next thing you know, and in this case now, you don't want to be one of those teams where a week before you're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're only four of us left. No, in a week, you could be one of 29 losers. That's how you end up being remembered when you lose in the conference final that you were one of many of them that just didn't get the job done. So we know that's the case here. There's four left. It's a great feeling, but let's bring in Doug McLean right now because it's a feeling that can disappear awfully quick, Mac, if you don't get off to a good start.
2: And, and look, just be, uh, before we start that, I don't blame you for trying to get rid of those nine episodes that Lawton and May did. <laughs> and, you know, that would get you closer to perfection too,
0: like these guys, you know. But uh, were you in all of those <laughs> nine episodes, or were those the ones with Lawton and Alan May? No, no,
2: those, no, no, those were May and Lawton's episodes. You were trying to get rid of. I know, uh... I know the boys. They're trying to shake them. Anyway, look, uh, you know the other thing is, is how far it long it takes to get to a final four. And when you get there, how long it takes to get back to even a final four, like everybody said, well, we got to the finals, you know, we'll get back there again. It, it's sometimes it's decades till a franchise gets back to the finals, let alone, well, the final four, let alone the finals, let alone the Stanley cup.
0: We've got Montreal and, and Vegas, uh, on our thumbnail, and and we're we're going to get into the finer details and the matchups, and the biggest one for sure, we all believe is going to be Carey Price versus marc Andre Fleury, and that's that's going to lead the the discussion. But before we get into that, Mac, I want to take a kind of a, a revisit here, and I, I want to give full credit to the Montreal Canadiens uh, because at the end of the day, they stood tallest outside of the North Division but when we had spoken throughout the regular season and because Toronto got off to that great start and and held that title of being the top team in the North, there was always a part of our conversation. I know that remained consistent is how good are the Toronto Maple Leafs outside of this division? And... Now that Montreal is there and representing the North, do we not truly find out as early as tonight how good are teams in the North now when we get into this conference final? No,
2: not really. And I'll tell you why. is because the Montreal Canadiens, if you recall, they got off to a fabulous short start as well. And the conversation during those couple of weeks at the first of the year was this looks like a playoff style team, this Montreal Canadian team. And then they went for a dump, and Carey Price was out, and Anderson was hurt. And well, you know, I mean, it just went on and on. They were a uniquely different team than most of the teams in the Canadian division the Leafs, high flying Leafs, Ottawa, young, young team. When, uh, Vancouver, young and missing key guys. Winnipeg, sort of a high-flying type team as well. Not overly defensive, but great goaltending. And Calgary we and Edmonton, we really had a hard time trying to figure out what they were. But Montreal probably were the heaviest team in the Canadian division, though not the best by a long shot in the regular season. But do you recall the first yes. couple of weeks of the season yeah, I you're was right. saying, this. this you're looks
0: right. like a playoff team? Yeah, you're right. From start to finish, in that that window, Mac, I I give you full credit for, for bringing it up. They had shown the most out of any point during the regular season that they have style of play conducive for success in the playoffs. Absolutely. But
2: they had such a horrendous, you know, so many horrendous dips in the season that we sort of said, well, they're going to have a hard time winning. But by the same token, we also said whoever comes out is going to be in for a real jolt because the other divisions, and I had scouts in the West telling me that, Doug, wait till these teams come out of Canada and have to go against these teams. Or, you know, the Canadi- all the Canadian teams coming out and meeting these Western teams in particular or the Eastern teams that were playing well like the Islanders and Pittsburgh and, and Boston and on and on. So, <clears throat> let alone Tampa. So, this is a big test. There's no denying that.
0: This is the biggest beef I've got with the North Division, Mac. And I, I thought, with the exception of not knowing about the Ottawa Senators, that every team was supposed to be stronger and better Yo, than the year before. I need
2: some water. Yeah. You OK, I was trying to get some. Wa- no, I was trying to get some water, but I forgot my water. Well oh, go ahead, I was uh, sorry to interrupt you there.
0: No, I was just mentioning about the North division that when we had looked going into the season, we didn't know what Ottawa was, but we assumed that they were going to be the worst. But every yeah. other team was supposed to be a lot stronger than the previous year. It was supposed to be better. Right. was supposed to be teams right. really pushing now, including the Vancouver Canucks. But it didn't happen. And here's the biggest problem I've had with the North Division from day one that we've had. And you just mentioned Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton. They all had windows where they were playing some pretty good hockey. And then there was fall-offs on all of them, Mac. And at no point did I ever remember two teams in the North Division playing great hockey at the same time. It was always somebody's good, someone's shit. Someone's shit, someone's good. We never got any consistency, so we never really truly could feel comfortable to say this team could match up well with something south of the border.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, just think. Of, just take the Toronto Maple Leafs, for instance, where they went through that horrendous power play run, where they couldn't score on the power play with all that talent. Vancouver, the the run they went through, where they 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 couldn't do anything right. Calgary. Firing their coach, disaster. you know, every Winnipeg finishes the season in the toilet, where they hardly won a game, their last 10. I mean, it, it, you're right. It, there was nobody that gave you an overabundance of confidence going into the playoffs or
0: to move on after the north. And, and yet we see the way it shaped up prior to the season, and we said, we know a team's going to come out of here, and they are gifted, Mac gifted a spot in the conference final. And with all due respect to the Montreal Canadiens and what they've been able to do the last three and a half weeks, they still finished 18th overall in the league. And Mm -hmm. and, and, And yet, they're in a final four. And good on them. Take advantage of every opportunity you get. But tonight, I think we get a pretty good clear of message of of where they could potentially stack up now against a, a top team in the league.
2: Yeah, and I think it is. But let's not forget this has happened many times before. The LA Kings finished 8th, you know, they were the 8th seed to get in when they won the Stanley Cup. So it has happened where lesser teams, but this is unique.
0: And that's the best yeah. part about sports mac is that yeah, we've had and, and, we've had we've had games in the past. History has shown us that You can win. You can be successful uh, sneaking in the back door. This is interesting.
2: This is interesting. Uh, Tampa, or I should say Tampa Bay, start to finish, very pretty solid season. Not maybe as good as we expected, but a pretty good season. But Las Vegas, start to finish, every night this team played hard. Yeah, they didn't win every night, but they had a hell of a record. They've been good from start to finish, no real slumps, other than against the Minnesota Wild was their only hiccup the whole season. Um, And look at a team start to finish, they may be the team that's had the best regular season and moving into the playoffs of any of the teams. And that's with all due respect to Tampa Islanders and Montreal. But to me, they've been good from start to finish on most nights. So it is a real test for Montreal.
0: If, by chance, Montreal is able to pull this off, where would it rank in upsets in history?
2: Well, you would think in history, they'd say, well, are you kidding me? The Montreal Canadiens who have been around since the uh, early 1900s and an upstart four-year-old franchise in history, you'd you'd look at it. Added down the road, saying this doesn't make any sense, you know. But for us looking at this season, this would be a monumental upset. I,
0: I just uh, we look at the the moves that uh, Vegas has made over the course of uh, eighteen months, and it's built to win now. Big names: Pacioretty, Petrangelo, added a free agency. Stone, decision, Stone Stone's huge you know yeah. and and then the decision to keep Marc-Andre Fleury when it wasn't really shaped up that way but hey he's still here and for them to now to lose to the Montreal Canadiens again I I don't know how far back you have to go to go wow some of some huge. of the best
2: trades some of the best trades are the ones you don't make or aren't allowed to make or can't make or whatever you want, because you said it the other day, I don't know if they're here. Look, I know what uh, Fleury did for the first few years of this franchise. I didn't envision him at 36 to be doing it today, what he's doing for this franchise comparable to what he did in year one, making them a competitive team. So Fleury to me has been one of the biggest stories of this year's season thus far. Can he continue it on? We shall see. But it is one of the biggest stories. A guy that had one foot out the door, management wanted to move him. The owner stepped in, and he's still here, and he's been their number one star in the playoffs. With all due respect to Pietro Angelo and Pacciaretti, who just came back in the late game seven of the miniseries, he's been the guy. They're not here without him. This, is, can this fairy tale continue when he goes up against Price?
0: And what is the likely scenario between Marc-Andre Fleury and, and Carey Price? That one thoroughly outplays the other? They, they, ends up, they end up being equally um, as good and they wash each other out? Or does, does one just shit the bed? No, I don't think
2: it'll be either one of them. Um, To me, to me, Price's support cast has got to be as good as they've been, especially in the Winnipeg series where they were really good. This is against a pretty high-octane Winnipeg scoring team without Shifley, but still pretty good scoring team, and that defense They were able to defend against that team. Can they continue to defend with price against Vegas? It's going to be a lot bigger challenge. Better forechecking from Vegas. Not even close. Scoring from all lines from Vegas. Doesn't look like it's close. A blue line that can chip in offensively. I, to me, it won't be the goalies that determine this as much as the supporting cast. Can they protect wow. Price enough to stay competitive? That's my only, that, that's how I feel. And I, that, I don't we, know where you are on it, but that's how I feel.
0: We don't envision Montreal taking their game to another level, but we envision Montreal pulling down Vegas's game. Exactly. That's... That's the only way. You're going to have to win ugly. You're going to have to frustrate the the shit out of Vegas. Uh, and we'll get into the Islanders in Tampa Bay. But that's what we envision, Mac, is Montreal keeping it close like the Islanders did and and, yep. and start frustrating your opponent. That's, that's the only chance Montreal has going into this.
2: Vegas were struggling to score at certain times. Pacuretti has given them the big lift. Marciusso has given them a big lift at playoff time. You know the the defense chipping in has given them a lift. The fourth line has given them a lift by chipping in. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Ken, they don't score at will. The Vegas Golden Knights they score because of work ethic, pounding, grinding, going to the net. Can the Montreal Canadiens handle that net front presence? Can they handle the forecheck of the Vegas Golden Knights? That will be a great test. This Montreal blue line is built to do this. Everybody laughed at this blue line, slow, can't make a pass, can't get out of their own end. Well, they proved a lot of people wrong. With their slow prodding play have been tough to play against.
0: Well, one of the guys leading the charge for Vegas is is Max Pacioretty. Points and all the games that he's been back in, pretty much. And we look back at the trade, and it's Nick, Nick Suzuki, Tatar, and a second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, Mac, for Pacioretty. 32-year-old for basically a top prospect in Suzuki, who's now... 21 years of age. Vegas needs to win now. Montreal thinking of the future with Suzuki, yet here we are in a conference final.
2: Bizarre. Look, uh, people questioned the deal at the time, the price that was paid for Pacioretty, who was good in Montreal, but could never really get it done because maybe he didn't have the supporting cast that he has now in Vegas. But to get Suzuki and Tatar has been a pretty valuable guy. I mean, a regular season guy in particular. To Suzuki, one is has the makings of being a great trade for the Montreal Canadiens. He's 21, and he's been a real contributor. He's on a line with Toffoli and Caulfield. That's a big test for this kid to go head to head with Vegas with their size, strength, and power. As that to that as that as those line mates are for him. Um, But it's going to be a great trade for Montreal long-term. Suzuki has surprised us from the playoffs last year to how it's continued this year and how important the guy is already. The sky's the limit when you think of this kid as a 21-year-old. The way he's composed, the way he handles himself on the ice, the way he handles himself off the ice, maturity beyond his years, I love this trade for the Montreal Canadiens, but I don't know about this series. That's well, all.
0: And Despite what happens here, Mac, the the fact that this experience is going to be so huge for Suzuki and some of these other players like Kaki and Emmy, even Cole Caulfield to come in now and feel like he's got his feet wet a little bit and he is a, a contributor. But, it's, it's going to be huge for these guys to go through this.
1: But here's
2: here's the... Here's the thing I said when, when Montreal were down 3-1 to the Leafs, okay? I said, this center ice is not good enough yet to compete with the Montreal Canadiens, or with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The center ice isn't. Well, two series later, yeah, they look pretty good. They, well, they no, really well, surprised us, you know? They've surprised us.
0: Does that catch up to you? At well that's going to
2: be you know when you look at the center ice that center ice and the big blue line and the physical blue line of Vegas how does that shape up well they've made they've made me look bad here this this center ice of the Montreal Canadiens in this playoffs i never questioned their blue line i said their blue line would be damn tough to play against wow. i said but i didn't think the center ice would be this good i really what good on them i'm
0: happy and yet we look at the first two rounds that montreal faced they lost tavares they lost shifley kind of yeah balanced it out a little bit and it helped your center
2: their center ice improved the montreal canadian center ice improved dramatically with those two
0: injuries so Somebody's got to come out of the the Vegas light lineup at, down the middle of the uh, in the ice. Is it Carlson? Uh, Is it Stevenson? They they got I, I, to stay consistent. I'm, they got to lose somebody.
2: I'm not hoping anybody. Gets no, I'm, I'm not just going teasing. there. I'm not. But no, no, it's exactly right. Joking. So you know, it certainly helped compete. So can Price be the difference maker? Can the blue line bother Vegas? I don't. I'm not sure of that. And you know what? a lot of it, it looks like it could be a blowout for Vegas, but I'm not sold on that. I'm not sold on that. I think Montreal are playing with such tremendous confidence right now. And you know, prices on top of his game. A lot of guys are on top of their game. I, I think we could have a great series. I well, really just do. To,
0: just to go back on Pacioretty a little bit, Mac. and I was not a huge fan of him in Montreal. and I don't think that, uh, the the way that that whole thing played out and I don't know if you can recall, but the captaincy was a hot story in, in Montreal and it was shaping up to be a, a PK Subban versus Pachoretti thing. And it just it just seemed like it was never he was never really put in a position to kind of thrive as as a oh. captain, as a go-to guy. And for me Uh, He's earned a ton of my respect. Watching him in Vegas turn into the player that we all thought he was, but not to the point where he is a go-to guy. But he's quietly found his place, and it's amazing how how anybody's level can rise a notch or two when you're playing against or playing with one of the smartest players in the league in Stone and Pacioretty should feel really good going back. Against the Montreal Canadiens right now, and where his game is.
2: Well, yeah, and look, it's a whole different situation. It's a it's a whole different pressure. I mean, the pressure in Montreal was over the top. You know, an American kid going in there and and really handling himself as well as he did, he deserves credit for that. This is a big to win to Montreal and be the captain with the history and the pressure and the media and and to do as well as he did to me was was a was a pretty good story but now to go to Vegas and be not in the media spotlight not even remotely close i can't imagine how relaxed and, and the difference it's probably made in his game just that one element just that one change before we even talk about some better players he's playing with He's not expected to be the guy. He's expected to be a real important guy there. He's not, ex- he's not the guy there for me still. He's not the guy. Yeah, it's flurry. Not. It's Petro Angelo. It's Stone. It's, it, there's a number of guys yeah. for me that are ahead of Matt yeah. Pacioretty as the guys. So as, it's a lot as, less as, pressure. As a
0: pure shooter, Mac, as a pure shooter uh, with a one-timer as well, he, he, he's the sharpshooter.
2: No, no, he's the sharpshooter, but there's a difference being a sharpshooter and being the guy.
0: Yes, I agree. Know? I agree. So now you, you mentioned this with a, a, a tenacious forecheck check of Vegas and, and where the Montreal Canadiens blue line can stand up. And uh, Ben Sherat, Weber, Edmondson, they've done a tremendous job, but is there enough? I look at Vegas's blue line and going right down to white cloud, like four or five guys that can log some big minutes, Mac, they can block shots. And, and yet they've got a little bit of offensive flair that I, I'm not sure Montreal has on the back end.
2: Yeah. Like Martinez has has really been a great story. I mean, the uh, big price paid for him, but well worth it. Everybody knows the history of Petro Angelo, Theodore, uh, you know, what a steal getting him. That's how, how good an expansion draft it was for Vegas when you can get a caliber of a Theodore. Like, are you kidding me? I got Matthias goddamn Tamander in my expansion draft, and they get Shea Theodore? I love yep. Tamander as a kid. I love Tamander as a kid. You shit me? in the expansion draft? Yep. Got have, a good blue line. McNabb's been a great. has been a great story. McNabb has been a guy that's always been the bottom of their lineup. He's in their top four. He he's a physical guy. Punishing. He logs minutes. White Cloud, a great story, a great pickup, uh, who's logging good minutes. They they use their six guys. They use their six guys. Montreal will have trouble when they get by their top three. Kulak moves in with Edmonston. That's a challenge without Petrie. And how, you know, where are we going to go with this? You know?
0: P- Petrie's an interesting story for no other reason, Mac. It's so hard for us to, to be in a position to play in the playoffs and, and stay healthy as it is. Yeah. Then you factor those stupid photographer holes and Petrie catching his hand in it.
2: Seriously.
0: honest to God, I'm watching this going with so much at stake. How the hell can this happen?
2: I mean, I remember my guys used to use them for shooting practice. You try to put pucks through them, you know, in the, in and we practice. would
0: and we would. Yeah. Which, You're again, out. puts a threat on fans watching. Right. So. But
2: anyway, to so do, he- to, to get hurt that way is so. And I mean, they're hoping he's going to be back. But that's that's devastating a top four. To devastating. So that's a big hole because he creates a little offense too. Was that a you pun? Know, which is critical.
0: A big hole. Yeah. Is that your, your Ron McLean pun? What was that? It's a big hole. Okay, well I went right over your. Did head. you say
2: a? Did you say a hole or hole?
0: <laughs> so, just to give you some background on. The, uh, these photographer holes god it's what,
2: great when you're not worried about getting a job what you can say
0: what will you what you hope <laughs> is that yes this is true because you're you're shopping <laughs> jill's shopping for a car folks right now as we speak outside i guess yeah. she's she's at the window picking cars is that what is that what's happening at the the quarantine shop
2: yeah, it's a, it's, they have to deliver them because we can't go in and look at them. That's right. What a joke. Right. But anyway, that's what's the way it is. So Keep it PEI what, safe.
0: What, what's supposed to happen is it's a hole that's just enough for the, uh, the lens to get through for the photographers. But when they're not using it, they're supposed to cover it up with a piece of filler, plastic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. The hole comes out and then you put yeah. it back yeah. in. But right. they didn't. They did not. So, It was open. Who did Who didn't? I would imagine it's the photographer, Mac. When he's not using it, he's supposed to put the piece that that fills the hole in. Yeah. So it remained open. Petrie goes in there, catches his hand. Wow. I I hear at the beginning they thought that he'd be out for about six weeks. Then it turned, you know, then it's slowly coming down to maybe two or three weeks. And now... We're here in game time decision, but someone suggested to me that he, he cracked a knuckle or maybe two. Yeah. So if that's the case, how effective is he going to be if he, if he does manage to play tonight?
2: When a big part of his game is the way he passes and shoots the puck. It's tough.
0: Yeah. It's
2: tough. It's really tough.
0: Well, it's it's tough to match up against uh your, your opponent's blue line with with a full lineup, including Petrie. But uh right. we'll see and, and how that thing Kulak, plays out Kulak Kulak's been a great story too
2: since he came from Calgary, but he's in that five six, you like him. You don't like him in the top four. That's the problem.
0: Well, the one thing that uh, Montreal also has going for them is is Corey Perry. We watched it last year with Dallas, and and we're watching it again. Is it a? It's just not a coincidence, Mac, that winning follows this guy around.
2: It it, it shocks me, and I got to chuckle at a Pat Morris uh, putting out a comment there the other day that the Final Four is pretty much the same, except Dallas aren't here and Perry is. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so Perry's a been a winner. He's been a winner, and uh, everybody had a chance to get him. And um, now he's uh, he's a guy that just he, it's funny, eh? He's a Hart Trophy winner, Stanley Cup winner, he's done everything, Olympics. He's done everything in the game, and all he wants to do is play. Seven hundred fifty thousand a year because money's not a big issue for him. It's a it's a pride thing. I said he he was too he's too slow to play in the regular season but he looks quite comfortable in playoff time. When the pace changes, it's it's qu- it's quicker, but I don't think it's faster because there's so much more grind to the game and battle to the game. And he fits in, and he has been one of the – you know what? He's been one of the great stories of the playoffs, without a doubt, Nick. Yeah. One of the no, great no, no. stories of this year's playoffs.
0: And nobody wanted him, including the Leafs. Uh, That's right. They they did not want to go down that path. And uh, well, he doesn't fight. He doesn't fight as good as Simmons. when. When was that. he signed by Montreal? I, I don't think he was signed until late in the year.
2: No, no, it was January. It was uh, Christmas. Yeah, and, and, Christmas? and after tol- Christmas, maybe. And told that he was going to be on the taxi squad. Yes, when he signed. Yeah, you know, and 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 the comment was, "I just want a chance." Yeah, I just want a chance. And you're a heart trophy, Stanley Cup, Olympic, everything. I just want a
0: chance. Remarkable. Remarkable. It is. All right. Just uh, one more note. Just going back to that photographer's hole. Uh, I think it was an embarrassment a little bit for the league. They're going to they're gonna have now uh, sliding glass to cover up the <laughs> hole now. Mandatory for the rest of the series. And all the rinks are going to put sliding windows, Mac. <laughs> right? It's gonna be like your bank teller <laughs> closed. I
2: told you the uh, I told you about the guy from PEI that went to Boston, the old Boston Garden, and he went up to the ticket window and asked what available for seats. And the and the lady says, All we have available tonight is obstructed view. And she was in the teller sort of wicket, and he said, Well, what's obstructed view? And she slammed the door shut. And then she opened it and she said, That's obstructive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't
2: think I'll buy any.
0: That's what the photographers so are going to get so from here the on the end obstructive views. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> Should um, Ducharme just take a, a video of Islanders and show his team right before it and say, Yeah, just do what they did.
2: No, what he should do is show a videotape of Game 7 against the Leafs and Game 4 against Winnipeg and take out clips from both those games because I'll tell you what, that that Game 4 against Winnipeg was a clinic on how they have to play, and Game 7 against Toronto was another clinic about how they have to play. And it's going to be a lot more – the only difference will be the physical play. That's why the Islanders may be a little more up-to-date. But, listen, not many teams play much better than Montreal played in Game 7 and Game 4 against Winnipeg.
0: All right, let's switch gears a little bit. We're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about Game 1, Tampa Bay for the Islanders. Mac, as much as we want to give credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning for being defending champions, I, I didn't think that they showed Islanders any respect in game one, and they got burned
2: it was a it was a tough game to watch. Um, i I was thrilled with the way the Islanders played. It was a a great if you're a young aspiring coach, you watch the way that this team played, and you would learn a lot about coaching. <clears throat> From Tampa Bay's perspective, It started off for me that they couldn't get out of their own end. They had a challenge through the neutral zone. They like to play a bit of a high-risk neutral zone game with cross-ice passes to gain entry, and it helps in a lot of cases. I'm telling you, Nick, last night's game reminded me of the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Tampa Bay Lightning in the four-game sweep. That's what it reminded me of. Bruins, I have... I have never seen forechecking in a game much better than I saw last night with the way the Islanders forechecked. Old-time forechecking style system, and you know what? Tampa Bay couldn't get the puck going. It was a great forechecking. Uh, You could take clips off that forecheck, how pressure with physical play, take away the pass, close off the middle. It was exceptional
0: forechecking. Mac, at what point, if you're Cooper, do you just tell your your players, take the east-west pass in the neutral zone and and shove it up your ass? We are never cutting across the ice again because the Islanders are there. Bailey's there. Pajot's there. Brock Nielsen's there. Every time they try to go cross east-west – these guys are in perfect position. And I know Stamkos took a lot of heat off the, uh, the most important goal in the game. But when you keep going to the well over and over again and everybody's doing it, it's only a matter of time before you get burned.
2: He, he, he said his team learned a valuable lesson when they lost to Columbus, and it certainly looked like they did last year. This is another really interesting test for them because if they don't, they don't figure out how to get out of their own zone and through the neutral zone. Number one, you're not going to draw penalties. You draw most of your penalties in the offensive zone. They got to get into the offensive zone and play in there so that.
1: We just lost Mac, I believe. Let me just uh, turn my camera on. So it gets readjusted for when he comes back in, but he just popped out. We're not sure if he got a phone call or not. Maybe Joe, you could send him a text. And I uh, think
0: what, what happened was um yeah, I got it. Cool. Jill Thanks. bought a car.
1: Hey, he and uh, he had he had to he had to pay the bill real quick. He had to send them over on PayPal, right?
0: He's <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta send over the visa. Mm-hmm. Or no, probably he's going to his mattress right now. <laughs> <You're> gonna, <laughs> he's
2: that, back. that was a that was a goddamn spam call.
1: Spam oh my <laughs> god. Call. We're trying like, to reach you I, on the vehicles. <laughs>
2: got everything on this phone turned off that i can possibly do like this is a joke i think <laughs> anyway
1: please turn the camera was, back on when you get a chance doug mac i think
0: i think jill bought you. a car i think jill bought her car and you had to go pay for it what the hell that pisses me out it's what, Vanessa. Kind
2: of, what kind of span was that's a get lost huh?
1: You know what the best is is when um, like my dad will get student loan forgiveness, and he's like, "Bro, I'm 65. I don't. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. Like, there is no forgiveness. The forgiveness is me dying. Give me a break here."
2: Oh, you know? it's a sick thing. But anyway, if they don't draw, if they don't play in the offensive zone and draw penalties, I'll tell you what tough series
0: for Tampa Bay? Uh, they're they're the least penalized team the last two years in the playoffs. I know. They're so disciplined. I know, and I don't know. Are. At times, people can call it boring, or but it is. It's as perfect as a team can get, Mac, out there. And and we know when there's no mistakes, it isn't as entertaining. It isn't as open. There's not as many chances. But I don't think Barry Trotz and Lou Lamoriello give a shit.
2: And I'll tell you, it's a it's a coach's dream when your team believes in what you're doing, and believes in how we play. Everybody that's interviewed by the Islanders, whether it's Barzell, Palmieri, Nelson, Bailey, they all come back to the same thing. We believe in how we play. We, In other words, they, we believe in our system. We believe in our coach. We believe in our teammates. They're believers. Now, it's still going to be a hard series. Tampa Bay can still win this series. Tampa Bay should win this series. But if they don't get power play opportunities, like 19 goals scored by Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point. 13 of them on the yeah. power play.
0: I knew. You know? Uh, I knew Tampa Bay was in trouble when the start of the third period. They were flatter than piss on a plate, Mac. And I know. Kucherov's flat-footed. And for the first time since he's been back, That's the type of game that you expect in game one coming off uh, missing the whole season. You were wondering when this guy was going to kind of come back down to earth. This was the game.
2: But you know why you can't count them out, Nick? No. Did you see the play? Did you see the play point made on that goal he scored? Yeah. Yeah. Limited space, makes an extra move. Like how, How many people you see... Make that move and go top shelf.
0: And then go top shelf, right? And then uh, it, go it, right underneath the bar.
2: Unbelievable. So you can't count them out there. Got too much talent. I didn't like Cooper Bench and Stamp I'm sorry. This is this is this is the conference finals. I mean, this this benching and yelling and like Bedner and Cooper, come on. These are stars. This is when it counts. Give them a blast in the dressing room. Bring them into your office. Give them shit on the bench, but we're benching Steven Stamkos in a in a one of the most important games of the year, and Bednar's calling out his top line in public.
0: Wow. Where is their Where are their heads? Didn't Didn't see ice until the the power play opportunity at the end of the period, and you just wonder. Wrong. You're, you you've been on go, the bench. Where, where's his frame of mind on that power play
2: after 100%. being benched? I don't get it.
0: I don't get it. Anyway, yeah, that's the,
2: they're they're the star they're the star coaches, but uh, sometimes common sense can be a, a pretty important part of it.
0: The other thing too, Mac, is the first goal, especially against a such a disciplined team like the Islanders, because they can lock it in, and we just talked yep. about Montreal locking it in, but chasing the scoreboard. You never want to do that against a real disciplined team or a team that can shut it down. And both Montreal and the Islanders have shown that. But you, you can't, you can't chase the scoreboard.
2: But aren't you like I am? I'm thinking back to the Florida series where it was a weird scoring type series. I think to the Carolina series, weird scoring type series. You get behind, you get ahead, you give up a lead, you blow it, you. They have not looked Stanley cuppish for me this year in the playoffs. I know they've had great individual plays, an unbelievable power play, but they, they have not looked as consistently good as they did last year in the playoffs for me. I mean, I know Florida's better. I know Carolina's a good team, but it just didn't look like playoff hockey a lot of the times in those games. So yeah. this is this is playoff hockey, this round.
0: And then we get into the uh, the matchup, and if it's clear, if Vasilevsky gets outplayed by uh, Varlamov, they'll, they'll lose the series. It's And maybe that's indicative of what you're talking about because we've seen Vasilevsky at his best, and yeah. we've also seen him quite possibly at his worst when we've seen yeah, certain and I, games this season. And I like Bar-
2: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Gulak's goal, you don't win. No. You don't win letting that shot uh, find a way through you. No.
2: And even even the first one on Barzell, look, Barzell made a hell of a play and he, he powered it through the five hole. But like, Vasilevskiy to me is the best goalie in the NHL. I love Varlamov's comments after. He said, I love that kid in the other net. He's one of my favorite people. He's, he's such a down-to-earth, great kid. He's the best goalie in the NHL. Well... Varlamov was pretty good. This is this is a great Varlamov, you think about Varlamov. Washington bombed—not bombed, but left. Colorado problems. Goes to the Islanders in his second year with the Islanders, and right now he won four against the Bruins. Yeah, and this is his fifth. I mean, he looks pretty good. This is a this is a great motivator for him to go head to head with with his favorite goaltender of all time. Although he's just still a kid and inexperienced, but he's yeah. Vasilevsky. Vasileski should win this. Should be a big part of Tampa Bay winning this series. He should be. He Nick, has to be. Nick
0: Varlamov to me was so good yesterday for for no other reason than just he made the saves that he was supposed to make. Yep. And I don't look at that game and say uh, he he stole it. He was just hmm. he just did his job.
2: Yeah, One hundred percent. He was solid all the way around, composed, and he has been um, for a lot of his time in Long Island. And what a luxury it is to play in front of that team, to play in front of that group with the way they play. That's a goaltender's dream. So, you know, it's got the makings of a great series. And Islander, Tampa Bay, they've got some work to do to figure this out. Cooper, Cooper gets in these situations all the time. In Columbus, two years in a row in Columbus, where he had to figure it out and get his team to adapt, yeah. he's got to figure this out and make and have them adapt. So well, he's had he's had good success. Um, so th- this is a big another big and, test for John Cooper and and, 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 the, and the Lightning.
0: And it'll be Cooper's challenge to get these guys as discipline to match that against the Islanders. I watched that penalty uh, halfway through the first period where. Goudreau and we're huge fans of Barkley Goudreau, no question, and and yep. Coleman. But you you want to punch Palma- Palmari, he ain't punching you back. Yeah, that exactly. is, a, you're never gonna get that call uh, evened up because you have to know what you're up against. And they will take twenty punches. This team and they yep. won't buckle. And if you want to go out and pick your spots. You run the risk of losing this series, and that's where I think my point was earlier—just that lack of respect, the yep. lack of discipline that you did not match against the New York Islanders. That'll be Cooper's biggest challenge. Yep.
2: You want to believe it? It's uh, you know I, I'm
0: I'm excited about tonight to see if Montreal can match up.
2: I'm really excited, but you know what? I'd like to get to the final. <laughs>
0: When's the final start? R- relax. Wasn't it a long weekend for you without any hockey on Friday and Saturday?
2: Yeah, it was a good weekend.
0: Jill was devastated. She
2: said, what games are on tonight? I said, none. What games are on tomorrow night? None. Oh, my God.
0: Great. Tell her the show's going on forever. And Fire up forever. the hot tub. Just one more <laughs> thought on the Islanders. How does Lou Lamorello do it? Somebody, somebody called me today and said that they thought that one of the worst Moves in Leaf history might be letting Lou Lamorello go.
2: That and trading Lanny McDonald, probably,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Earl Thompson to and Detroit. Er, and
2: Earl, and Earl Thompson. Earl Thompson. That, that, yeah, that, that Ricky Vibe may move in there. But you know what? Yeah, it, it well, we talked about it before. It made no sense to me what what they did. But you know, look, Lou at seventy two plus years of age, who, when I used to see him walking around GM meetings 10, 12 years ago, he looked like he'd just come out of the gym, you know, like the suit fitting perfectly, great shape, young for his age, you know, hockey's his life. Lou Amarillo lived in a hotel suite next door to Jersey his entire time in Jersey. He lived in a hotel because he lived at the rink. He's addicted to the game, addicted to the sport. He he might be 72, 73 years of age, but he, he's got yeah. the mind of a 40-year-old.
0: And you know what uh, amazes me the most, Mac, in all of this, is here we are in 2021, and we all have joked over the years about Lou's rules, mustaches, tape, whatever, but... It still works. It still gets the guys into a frame of mind that can get them playing hard and, and playing as a team and looking like a team and moving like a team and sounding like a team where there's only one guy that could get away with that. Everybody else would be told, Scram, beat it. No, but you know what it
2: is? It comes all comes back to one thing. and And – he he was he was trying to I don't know how he and Babcock got along. I don't know how he and Dubas got along, or he and Shannon, I don't know, but all I know with Lou Lamarello is one thing.
1: And everything is
2: geared towards one thing, and that's team. Yeah. Team first. Individual, no. Forget individual, forget all that BS. Yeah, I need good players, but Scotty Stevens, Niedermeyer, Holik, all his greatest players. There, we're all about team first. All of them. That's his. That's his game. And you know what? What? Do, what do the Leafs need more than anything? Individual versus team. Well, w- we look back at
0: the three. I don't know how many great lines there are out there. Right, perfection line in Boston. There's. McKinnon's line in Colorado. There's Marner and Matthews and Drysital yep. and Mc, uh, uh, yep. McDavid. Yeah, and they're all on the outside looking in. And while we think that Barzell's on the cusp of being a star, we 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 don't we don't put him in that same package. We don't put him in that same uh, category. So what is it this time of year you want? One great line, or you want three good lines? Yeah, and it's also
2: about how you make guys pay a price to become part of the team. Take a look at Noah Dobson, who happens to be a a Summerside, PEI kid. If I'm not mistaken, like an eighth or something overall pick in that range. Sent back to win a Memorial Cup, to win a World Junior. Comes in, hard time getting in the lineup healthy scratch when he played, he was barely used this year, more regular five on five, all of a sudden moves to the number one power play, but it's been slow and it's methodical and planned out. And now Noah Dobson is a pretty important guy on on their power play five on five. He's still a kid learning the game, but Andy greens brought in to be his mentor. And he's a power play guy all of a sudden. It's development. It's when a guy deserves to be on the ice. They do it right. They do it right. And you know what? Everybody will sit back and say, look look what the Islanders are doing. Whether they win or not, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. New York Rangers are watching every night saying, oh, my God, how can we become like the Islanders at playoff time? Well, it's different. It's a different approach, and it's a pretty damn good one.
0: Vegas and Montreal tonight. Looking forward to it. How are you feeling, by the way? No, if uh, our watchers and our listeners know this, but, well, uh, you were you were you're battling vertigo a little bit here. Well, you and, know what? Hold it's, on, it, and you scared the shit out of me because you're like, I think I'll be okay for the show, and I'm like, it's okay, unfortunate. Good.
2: I've you know what? I've come home here in quarantine and I worked my ass off. I I weed at the garden. I mulch the garden. I. And then I got a gravel driveway. I had to weed the gravel driveway. And I think I worked too damn hard. I think I went too hard. And now I'm paying the price. By the way, low battery just popped up on my uh, camera here.
0: I have no doubt. What
2: does that mean?
0: Uh, it means you're going to disappear on us any second now. <laughs> but So you're telling me right before the show, I'm okay as long as I sit down. And then uh, two seconds later, you, you, so you just pop watch. up.
2: Just watch. When I get up like this, I get dizzy. <laughs> It's called Vertigo.
0: <laughs> oh, God. We appreciate the effort, though. Hey, where were you 27 years ago today? I have no idea. No you you idea. know where I was? No. Madison Square Garden. Winning the cup? Yep. Good.
2: Congratulations. Garden. Where were you, you, know you where
0: 27 I... years ago you know, today? You know where? Where I was,
2: I was telling my buddies in P.I. that Keenan was going to Detroit and it caused a shitstorm in New York. Remember?
0: I <laughs> want to share that story real quick for those that uh, are watching that don't really know. But you, 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 you almost derailed everything.
2: Well, I, we got, I got fired with Brian Murray in Detroit and I was talking to, uh, actually it was Scotty Bowman was talking, I was talking to him and, and Scotty phoned and said, well, good luck. He said, right, I'm going to be out of here too because Keenan's coming here. And I thought, whoa! And then I told my buddy that has a radio station in PEI, Paul Skierman, and him and George Matthews are talking about it, and they got this little radio show there. And they said, "Hey, let's go with it." They put it out, Keenan to Detroit, the, on the eve of what game six or something. Yeah, I,
0: and I, oh I, remember, I remember. I remember it was breaking news from a report out of PEI. It was so, that's made some books. That story's made some books. How would anybody anybody know anything out of PEI right now? And it was you, loose lips.
2: Oh oh my God. I was, I was a basket case. And the guy that released it, Paul Skirma, I don't know if he's ever recovered. He's been,
0: so anyway, anyhow, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. How old were you? Oh man, I was, I I was two years 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 old.
1: I was a young Rangers fan waiting.
0: You know, it's funny because
1: I grew up in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is like two hours away from uh, New York and Philly. So I grew up as a tortured Rangers fan getting abused at every other arena that I would ever go to. And I remember... My dad had to stop going to games because he lost like 18 in a row that he was going to. He's like, I'm not going. And he had uh, one of his friends (laughs) that had season tickets, the 94 season, offered him to come. He said, I'm not coming the whole playoffs. I'm staying home. I'm not going. That's how superstitious he is. But uh, it's always always funny, man.
0: No players feel that, by the way. (laughs) I can assure (laughs) him.
1: yeah yeah he, that's great yeah i could see that but then it's also funny because you know i grew up with um like 94 rangers plaques in my bedroom growing up like the team photo with all the names and as we were starting to work together and stuff i uh, I, I was going back and i was like, i'm pretty sure kipper must be in those photos and i had my mom uh, take some snaps and you see your your mug in there so it's it's nice. funny how things come full circle like that
0: nice
2: well, Nick has some. Like Nick has some book. Nick has some has some book copies left over. If you want one, Jordan, he could send you one.
1: Oh, thank you I very do, much, Doug.
0: I do. Undrafted, <laughs> still available online. Chapters, Indigo, easy Order, yes. online, boys and girls. That's right.
2: It's right. Just another hey, plug.
0: One thing before I wanted uh, before we leave you and before you uh, your battery runs out. Why, uh, Gerard Gallant? Why is he still available? He wins the gold medal in the world championship. Why doesn't he have a job? What's clogging things up? Is it still Brendamore? Is that what you're hearing? Can't, I,
2: I, George Gallant will be coaching in the NHL in the fall. That's all I where? can Where? We know I that know. where. I don't know. I don't know.
0: So why is everybody waiting for Brendamore?
2: They said they're doing their due diligence, I saw yesterday. The teams are doing their due diligence no. on the candidates.
0: They're waiting for Brendamore.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. And I don't see I don't see Brenda Moore in New York, but
0: It's one thing for Brenda Moore to say I will take less than market value, but I don't think it's going to go swinging in the direction of his assistant coaches and trainers, It's not the I way think, this guy works, and I think that's the
2: delay. I think they better get Hamilton signed. I see they gave permission for Hamilton to talk to other teams today his agent to talk to other teams to try to do a sign and trade or whatever. I think they better get both of them signed Carolina. They better get both Hamilton and Brenda Moore signed.
0: Well, what do you think? It, it Hamilton, I had heard earlier in the year, seven and a half million. It's yeah. got to be eight and a half to nine, doesn't it?
2: I would think, but I, I, and then he'll disappoint wherever he goes. And then the last four years, it'll be, then they'll trade him, and he'll become a star again. I don't know, but they—they—they're not as good a team without Brindamore or
0: Hamilton. Oh boy, yeah. Well, it, there's no question that's the delay. Yeah, Is I'm sure. Brindamore not making uh, a decision yet on on I guess the offer from Tom Dundon, and then the Rangers say, okay, well if you're still out there, then. We'll still wait, which causes a chain reaction right to Seattle. Yeah. Yada yada yada.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm okay. not sure what's gonna happen. I and
0: and if I did know, I couldn't say. No, no, because you've learned your lesson from Keenan's story. Sorry. <laughs> <Exactly. right? laughs> well, hey Jill, brats. can you bring up can you
2: bring up my canes, please? The show's almost over.
0: Your canes? Well, for my balance. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> Doug, that, you're
1: working too hard, man. I've been telling you, you. you gotta work, relax more.
0: you work yeah. on your canes like I used to work on my sticks before a game?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, take care. You, know, give us a score tonight, Vegas and Montreal before we let you go.
2: To Vegas.
0: Nice. All right, I'll take Vegas three one. but they Vegas better be patient. They better not it chase it Five like two. Tampa Bay.
2: Five two three one. okay.
0: Okay, Mac, thanks for a great effort today. Okay, bud. Take All care. Right. Thanks, Joe. And everybody from PEI, thanks for joining us. It's a great start to a great week. We're looking forward to Montreal and Vegas and see if uh, Cinderella can keep it going. Thanks for joining us. First-time watcher, subscribe, leave the comments, and we'll see you Wednesday. Thank <laughs>